This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 52. In today's episode, I am talking about choosing your marriage battles over allowing everything to get under your skin. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Today, we are going to talk about choosing your marriage battles. Now, why did I say choose your marriage battles? Well, one of the things is because marriage is God's idea. So what that means is that the enemy is going to come to steal, kill and destroy marriage as often as possible, as much as possible, in very sneaky, creative ways. And so unfortunately, marriage is going to come with battles. So if you can have some level of ownership, responsibility, control, and intention around what you allow the battles to be, it really makes a huge difference. I wish I had understood this concept when I was newly married. I've been married 17 years this year with my husband, 18 years, and everything used to be a battle. When (laughs) we were first married from my expectation of him leading our family spiritually in a certain way, from him responding to my requests a certain way, to him fathering my ch- our children a certain way, right? Everything was an expectation and it was constantly being violated. Why? Probably because there was an expectation in the first place. And so <laughs> let me start there. You know, if you go into marriage with these huge expectations of your spouse, you are going to be disappointed. You are going to be offended. You are going, your expectations will be violated. I promise. (laughs) And so we have to really learn to go in expecting what God created marriage to be. And it really is an awesome and amazing tool to you that God uses to help you love the closest person to you unconditionally. Let me say that again. Marriage is an awesome tool that God will use to really develop you into loving your spouse unconditionally through times when you do not like him or her, when times when you really don't want to be bothered, you don't want to be around them, they're getting on your last nerves, and yet you still made the decision to be married, to you've committed to being together until 
the ends of life and the ends of time. But, you know, they really just get up under your skin and some of the things that they do that you didn't really notice when you were dating because you were so enamored with them, right? They come to light when you're married for some reason. And so I know I'm not the only one who actually experiences this. And I just thought, because this past week, I've really had the opportunity to choose my marriage battles. I thought, hmm, let me just share this with my tribe. Just some some things that I've learned over the last 18 years of being with my husband that have really helped me to get through seasons of my life where I feel he's not helping, he's not supporting, he's not... Um, serving in ways that I really think he should. And so let's just start with the first thing that I think really matters that really makes a difference in choosing your marriage battles. One, what really matters to you? I remember when my husband and I were newly married, we actually had three babies in three years. And I just knew that our children were going to go to private school. No real reason outside of that was my experience where my husband, he grew up in going to public schools and he was in the talent and gifted program and there was no problem with that, right? And so I automatically assumed I had an expectation that our children would go to private school no matter what because but I'm the mom, right? I'm the wife, right? <laughs> and we never even really discussed it. And so... One of the things that is so important in choosing your marriage battles is to really know what matters to you, what is truly important to you. Now, I know it's easy for us as as wives to say that everything is important, but you know, what is really 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 important to you? Now, when our kids went to kindergarten, first grade, what really was important to me was that they had a very supportive community at school. I didn't want them to just be a number. I wanted the teachers to know their names. I wanted to know the teachers. I wanted them to know my family. And so that was important. And because I didn't really have a public school experience at the time, I didn't know that that could exist in a public school setting. So when we, it was time to send Sky, our first one to school, we went back and forth and he was like, I'm not paying that for a private school. And of course, I was a stay at home mom at the time. So I couldn't say, OK, well, I'll just pay for it out of the income I'm bringing in kind of thing. And so we went back and forth for a very long time. This was even a point of contention for some time because we hadn't discussed this before we got married, which we off we definitely suggest for our couples who are newly married discussing things like this that you don't really even think of. But how important it is to know what really, really matters. Education was very important to me. Not that it wasn't as important to Adrian, but it just was not as high on the importance list as it was for me. So when you're choosing your marriage battles, it's really important to kind of rank those areas, those topics, those things that are really, really important to you. So education and the ex and education experience was really, really important to me. So 
when it was time to send Sky to school, initially we homeschooled her for the very first year because we couldn't decide. We were kind of going back and forth in that battle because it was really important to me. My Adrian was not budging. He was like, nope, I'm not going to pay thousands of dollars to send her to school. And so we, I homeschooled her that first year. I realized that homeschooling is totally a calling. And although we made it through that first year, woo, it was a lot for me. It immediately sent me into overwhelm. It was just something, um, you know, my perfectionism came out and I was like, um, this is not for me for long term. So after the first year, we I took her through and we decided to send her to school. Well, my husband wanted to send her to a public school. And I, of course, still wanted to send her to a private school. So I just said on a date night, <laughs> I was like, babe, can we just go look at this school? They were having an open house. We actually went in to learn more about the school. And in the middle of the open house, we're sitting in these little teeny tiny chairs as parents and the principal headmaster at the time said, you know, we are here to really see the gifts in your children, to really identify God's gifts in your children. And it is our job to really fan the flame of those gifts and um, really create a safe place for them to flourish and grow in those gifts. Now, mind you, she's still only in kindergarten, but I looked over at Adrian at the time. He had some, um, he had, you know, kind of looking like he was choked up a little bit. And after we finished the open house, we got in the car and he said, you know what, Chris, we're going to send her here. It was a private Christian school. And he said, I just feel, I felt like the principal was talking to me and he was talking about Sky. And so I'm committed to sending her here to this school. Listen, y'all should have seen me. I was so excited, screaming up and down. Ah! I was like, oh my gosh, yay, 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 yay. Because we had been battling for over a year. We had even, I had even taught homeschool for a year. And finally, when just, he was very open to going to this open house, God showed up in the principal headmaster and we ended up sending her to the private Christian school that I wanted to send her to in the first place two years prior. So what is that? All of that to say that when you are clear about what really matters to you and you surrender you surrender that thing. You don't control. You don't have to press on it. You don't have to talk about it all day, every day, you know, day and night until your your significant other caves in, so to speak. But there are times that you have to let it go and you have to allow God to do the work. You got to allow God to do the work in your spouse because it's, it's the friction between you two sometimes that causes stubbornness. It causes... A division and a wedge. It causes causes a standstill at times. But if you know what really what's really really important to you, you just have to believe that God will reveal that in your spouse. That they will that it will come. They will realize how important it is to you, and God will align their decisions, choices, perspective in line with yours. That was a the first big aha example that I got about really choosing your marriage battles and 
you know, because oftentimes when we make everything a battle, it's, oh, it's just a lot of weight in the marriage and it's frustrating for everybody because, and then what happens is communication shuts down. It's hard to communicate. It's hard to talk to one another because the, you know, especially if you have a spouse who does not like confrontation, they just don't want to talk at all because they think everything's going to be a confrontation because everything is an issue. Okay. So choosing your marriage battles, make sure you really, really are clear at what matters to you. Number two, also, what are your non-negotiables? For me, in knowing and understanding what mattered to me, it was a non-negotiable in that moment to send her to a private Christian school. That was a non-negotiable for me. Now, mind you, we sent them to that school for two years. So every one of our children, we were again, they were back to back to back. They all went, Sky went um, three years, Blaze went two years, Hayes went one year. And then we actually moved them to a public school. Now, when we moved them to a public school, it was probably one of the best decisions for our family. Now, again, this is part of choosing your battles because seasons change, life changes. In that moment, in that season, I wanted to send them to a private school. But three years later, I was okay with sending her to a public school. And what was so great is that even in the seasons that we experienced, God was so present and so faithful and so guiding and leading us in these decisions. So when we brought her home or brought her to our local public school, it was after a time that I went to go pick her up from school and she had her sweatshirt over her head. I just thought it was so weird that she was standing there with her sweatshirt over her head. And when I picked her up in the pickup carpool pickup line, I was like, Scabby, why do you have your uh, sweatshirt over your head? She said, mommy, because they made fun of my puffs. Oh, you know, as a mom, I was already devastated. And especially because I grew up with the same issues of being around people that didn't look like me and them not me not feeling good enough or pretty enough because my skin color or my size or any of those things that they made mention of. And so the mama bear was ready to rear up on her hind legs and fight. But I did not because it was an opportunity to one, teach her about her identity and her own beauty and help to really protect and surround her not only with prayer, but also just the truth of who God created her to be. And so the opportunity came up to take to actually we were kind of forced into the situation where we had to bring the kids to or put them in a public school and we were in a a neighborhood where the parents were really wanting to make their neighborhood school an awesome school because they were paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for their kids to go to these public I mean to these private schools like college tuition type payments, right? It was ridiculous. So the the parents kind of rallied and said, well, we want to make our local public school as good as as good as a private school. And so I just happened to it just not randomly, of course, because it was definitely God's plan where I was at the at the pool and we were talking to these parents and we created this this group 
of parents who were committed to making sure that our pub, our dollars, our tax dollars would go towards providing a great education for our for our our students and our kids. So Sky, after this incident, we transferred her to a public school for third grade. Now, prior to her going to a public school, she was wanting to straighten her hair. It, this is at the time when um, Princess and the Frog came out where the main character is an African-American princess. And, you know, we, of course, we wanted to get her African-American dolls and she didn't want them. She wanted the Snow White. She wanted Cinderella. She wanted Tangled. She wanted those dolls. And I remember feeling the exact same way when I grew up in Santa Barbara, being one of the only African-Americans in the class. And she and I was really in prayer as to what to do. And so when we brought her to the public school, which was predominantly African-American living in Prince George's County, um, it was the probably one of the most miraculous transformations I have seen ever in my my life, where she went from hiding under her 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 sweatshirt standing to be picked up at, at a non really a very non um, diverse private Christian school to going to a predominantly black um, public school in Prince George's County. And this was elementary school. And literally she went from wanting to straighten her hair to wanting to wear her puffs. She wanted to wear her puffs because she was around kids that looked like her. It could not have been a better decision for our family, especially for young girl, for a young girl, because as young women, we struggle oftentimes with identity, with a self-esteem, with confidence. I saw a shift in her confidence in literally 90 days, 90 days of going to this public school. She wanted to wear her puffs. She was comfortable in her skin. It was amazing. Now, my daughter is 16 years old now, and she is one of the most confident young women I've ever met. And I think I really believe largely it was because God guided and led us to sending her to a public school. Now, not to say that that choosing my battle to send her to a private school first was, you know, like, what if we sent her to the public school in the first place? I don't know. Right. But the key was that she was in an environment where self her a lack or a poor self-esteem was trying to creep in. But really, God set us a, a situation up where we moved her to a public school around people that looked like her. And it has completely changed her life. I believe that 100 percent. And I say that and I share that story to say that as women, as mothers, it is so important to be true to what you know. It is so imperative to be true to what you know. For whatever reason, I was not budging on that thing. I was I wanted her to go to a private school. I wasn't budging. So if this was part of the journey, this was part of the plan that God had. He had already planned this before she was even born, that she was going to go to a private school, have this experience and this encounter, then go to a, a private, a public school. And it literally changed 
her whole life and situation. And it's so, so what are your non-negotiables? What really matters to you? What is a priority for you and your marriage and your family right now? Because what's a priority for you right now may not be a priority for you a year from now, six months from now, three years from now. And so it's important to know what those are, to be true to them, to be able to express them clearly to your significant other, to your husband, because you, God speaks to you both differently. And it's important to know that if, if he is telling you to do something that you are obedient to what that is, you're not trying to force your husband to come on board, but you already know that this was important. And I didn't budge. I had to homeschool for a year, but I didn't budge. And as a result, my daughter is confident as a confident 16 year old who is very clear in her identity and understanding who she is and, and who she is not. And I believe that has everything to do with, with not, um, with choosing what I knew was important, choosing what mattered to me, choosing what was a priority. Now, on the flip side of that, what are those things that are coming up for you in your marriage that potentially are causing friction, that is causing strife in your marriage right now? And the question is, is it really worth the fight? Like I said, there's so many things that are coming up that will come up in marriage that can cause a fight, that can cause strife and friction and distance and division and disappointment and offense. There's so many things. I can write a laundry list of things that will come up, but is it really worth the fight? Now, my husband, as you have, uh, many of you who are part of my tribe and know me and my story and my husband and I share my family very um very transparently. And so my husband loves golf more than eating, more than sleeping sometimes. And so um, that's something that he loves. That's something that brings him joy. Now, there are many times that he totally pushes the envelope, that he totally um, just extends my grace and allowing him to do that to golf when he really wants to with his friends and he does them he golfs sometimes at the expense of helping and supporting the way he should or the way I think he should as a husband and a father he has many times gone to golf and spent hours golfing when he should have been here helping so if we we love to host and, and and entertain and there have been times he's like okay can I golf with my friends first okay sure just be home at three and he's calling me at 3 15 I'm around the corner I'm around the corner people are showing up at four I'm expecting him to do certain things before they come and he's frustrated the grace because he's pushed the envelope to the to the max regarding golf now a lot of his friends who are major golfers like him, their wives are not as lenient. They are not as, they do not offer as much grace because oftentimes they feel the grace is taken advantage of. And so what will cause, is it really worth the fight? Now, 
things that we don't, you know, that I don't mind, you know, if you want to golf, go ahead and golf, fine, no big deal. But when it's on certain, at certain times, different events, things that I really need him present for, absolutely, you, I need you to be home by 12 p.m. or I need you to be home by 1 p.m. or whatever, no later, no later. So now he already knows if you're coming in at 1.30, I've got this look on my face because I already told you I need you to be here by one. So that means that you need to leave your golf game or friends or whatever an hour earlier so that you're home in time. Now, this has taken many years to, <laughs> to I guess, um, encourage or to make clear. But, you know, is is the fight really worth it? Now, it's not worth it if it's not going to stress me out or bother me or I need him to help me with something because he loves it and I want him to do things that he loves. That's just a part of the way that I can love him is allowing him to do the things that bring him joy because I want him to allow me to do the things that bring me joy too without drama, without, you know, sucking his teeth, rolling his eyes or causing strife. So, you know, I don't have a problem with that. But there's certain things, again, what is your non-negotiables? What's a priority? What really matters to you? Be very clear in communicating those things. But if if the fight isn't worth it, why bother? You know, just because you don't want him to golf because, you know, he's he spent four days golfing already. I mean, it's if that's something that he loves to do and you have things that you can be doing too, why not? Why not let him do it, okay? Um, another thing I want you to really think through when choosing your marriage battles is will whatever it is that you're struggling with in your marriage, will this matter a year from now? Will it matter two years from now? Will it matter three years from now? And if the answer is no, then why really kind of peel back the layers a little bit? Why is it bothering you so much? What about it is bothering you? Nine times out of 10, when I've asked myself this question, it's been control because I have not been able to control him, his reaction, response, um, his, the urgency that I need him to do certain things in. So one of the big examples is when I ask my husband to hang something up on the wall. And so <laughs> this has been an issue for almost all our marriage where I'm like, I may ask him, hey, babe, can you hang this up for me? Or can you fix this thing for me or whatever? And he he's like, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a day ago by, a week ago by, two weeks ago by, now I'm starting to get annoyed and irritated and frustrated. And I don't know if you have a husband that doesn't like to be reminded of things, but yes, my husband is like that. And so I'll ask him to do something and then I'll say, hey, babe, did you get, were you able to do this? No, 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 I got it, right? And then a week goes by, two weeks go by and I'm still like, um, you don't like to be reminded, but clearly you need to be reminded because you haven't hung up the hung up the picture, right? And so what I did because I was like, is it really worth the fight? I started hanging up stuff myself. And that really got his attention because he didn't want extra holes in the wall and he didn't want, he wanted them done a certain way, but it was a really great way of me not causing strife, causing frustration, because what I've had to learn to say is I'm like, Hey babe, I need you to put this up by Friday by 5 PM. And then if it doesn't, if it's not up by Friday, Friday, 5 PM, I guess I'll do it myself. Right. Or I'll guess, guess what? I'll put it up Friday after 5 PM or Saturday. And he's like, okay, okay, I can get it done by Friday. And lots of times if he, he'll ask me, does this need to be up by a certain time or does, is there a certain deadline for this? And we have learned that 
communication skill over the 18 years we've been together. Before it was not like that. It was, you didn't put it up. I'm pissed off. I'm not speaking to you. My lips are tight or my, my jaws are tight. And you have no idea why, because you told me two weeks ago that you would hang this picture and you haven't done it yet because you're sitting on the couch watching football or you're playing golf, right? <laughs> That's real talk. That's what we do here on Wife Wisdom is it's real talk. And so, will this, whatever it is that you're upset about or frustrated with in your marriage, will it matter a year from now? Now, does it matter that, Adrian doesn't like putting a a trash bag back in the trash can when he when he empties the trash can that used to get on my last nerve when the first four years of our marriage. Now, I've spent all this extra time getting upset when I could just put in another bag. I put bags at the bottom of the trash can to try to remind him he still for whatever reason didn't get it. He didn't get the clue. He didn't like putting him in. And now I've got two boys that don't like putting the trash can, the, the liners back in the trash can. Hello. Now I have to tell him, Hey guys, you're going to be married one day. You don't want your wives to be frustrated. So please put <laughs> a trash bag back in the trash can. Right? So does it matter a year from now? No, it's a joke now. You know, so it it mattered in the beginning, but it, it's because I had all of these expectations for marriage that were being violated because one of the things that you shouldn't come into marriage with are expectations because marriage is going to be so, so different than what you expected. Every single person I've talked to over the last 16 years, marriage is not what they expected. There are certain aspects of it that may be, but as a whole, nope, it is not. So is this thing that you're upset about, frustrated with in your marriage, will it matter a year from now? If the answer is yes, then you want to make sure that it's a priority and that you're communicating that it's a priority. If it's not going to matter, if it doesn't matter, okay, you want him to hang up the, the stuff in the house because he didn't want extra holes in the wall. Okay, that's on him, right? But if you've asked him, given him a deadline, a time frame to do it and he doesn't do it and then you put up the whole the thing anyway with a bunch of holes in the wall then guess what you've communicated those things and now we've got a different conversation <laughs> that we need to have right that's another episode and so um the other thing that I think is really important in choosing your marriage battles is is it going to make whatever it is that you're choosing to kind of take a stand in is it going to Will you still love him if he doesn't? Will you still love him if he doesn't? Are, do you, are you wanting to pull your love away if he doesn't, right? Now, of course, the underlying, um, what's the word? If The underlying approach or tactic of pulling your love away is manipulation, right? That's complete manipulation. If someone doesn't do something that you want him to do and you pull your love away, you're not available for intimacy, you're shutting down, not talking to him. That's complete manipulation, control, pride. That's all of those issues. Okay. And so if this thing that's, that's that this rub in between you and your spouse, if it's causing you to love him less, there, my, my encouragement to you is to really look at the root what is really going on? Now, when I get most mostly frustrated with my husband, it's because 
he is not responding in the way that I want him to respond. But at the root of it all is control. The root of it all is manipulation because he's not doing what I want him to do, right? Manipulation, control, ultimately pride. And that is sometimes hard for us to really confront in ourselves. It's easy to see that in other people, but it's hard to see that in ourselves. Oh, they're not doing what I want him to do. So I'm not going to make love to him anymore. I'm not going to, well, whatever. Right. And then we start rocking our neck (laughs) for no reason. And when the issue isn't even with them, it's with us, right? It's with us. And why is it that we need to control? Why do we feel like we have to manipulate someone to do something? What is the root of that? Is it insecurity? Is it lack of understanding your self-identity? What is the root of those things? Those, their marriage battles aren't always caused by the enemy, right? They're often caused by insecurity, by pride, by control, by manipulation, by unforgiveness, by um, trying to control, right? Pride. And so are you wanting to be right Are you throwing a tantrum in your marriage because you're not getting your way? Or are you pulling your love away because you can't control him? And what will bring peace? What will bring peace to the marriage? What will, what can you do? What can you say? How can you perceive the situation that ultimately results in peace? How can you do that? And I've learned that I've had to give Adrian over to God on many occasions. I'm getting so much better at doing that as I age and as I mature and as I'm, you know, married longer every single day, I'm learning to say, you know what, God, this is your son. You've created him. You've made him. And so I just need to step away and allow you to do what you need to do with him because I'm going to, I'm really, really want to really close to trying to give him a karate chop to the neck, (laughs) right? And so that frustration really can be channeled through surrender, through release, through where you're turning this situation over to God to handle. And I promise you, it is an amazing skill to, to build, to really learn the skill of, you know what? Oh, well, okay, God, you got it. You handle it. I I trust you in it. I trust you with him. I'm going to step away and allow you to handle him because we as women, we think we can handle, we, we rule the world. So we feel like we can rule the world and we can rule everyone in it. And that is not always a, a very welcomed way to be as a wife. When I talk to husbands, they don't necessarily like that very much. They don't like us to rule them and <laughs> and control them and manipulate them. Believe it or not, they really don't like that. Yeah, I'm really being funny, but they don't. And so uh, we have to learn to really love them and respect them and they will go to the ends of the earth for us when we respect them when they feel respected by us when they feel honored by us honey you will see them do a back flip jump split up in the air like it's so wild and especially when we as wives really understand the true definition of respect 
our husband's definition of respect. We have a different, a different definition of what, what respect looks like for them. But when we ask them what respect looks like to you, like how can I respect you in this situation? I, we are mostly blown away like, oh, really? Oh, sorry. I got that one wrong. Like, funny, right? So when you study your spouse and get to know and understand what respect looks like for them, that is the very best way to to communicate with them through respect as the lens, through honor as the lens. And the way they can best communicate with you as their wife is through the lens being love. Love needs to be the lens, but love has to be your lens, right? They have to understand the way you receive love. And when you receive love by your, by your man, by your husband, it's like you will go to the ends of the earth. You will jump over backwards, cook them the best favorite meal. And it just is the way it's designed. God designed. He said, he said, husbands love your wives, wives respect your husbands. So why do we as wives try to love our husband? And why do they try to respect us, right? That's, that's different. We're not, you were, God says for you to love us. And he said for us to respect you. And so at the root of all of this, when you choose your battles, if you are a wife, choose respect. To literally choose your battles through the lens of respect. And husbands, choose your battles in marriage through the lens of love and it you will guys will make it through whatever strife whatever rub whatever friction whatever battle that you are going through in your marriage you will make it through as long as you remember those lenses and and are really self-aware in understanding where what part you play in the battle when you understand the part you play in the battle and you're pointing the finger at your spouse you got three fingers pointing back at you you can really say "Mm, yeah I didn't I kind of flunked that one let me ask for forgiveness let me repent let me say I'm sorry whatever method is that you use to forgive, to move forward, to apologize. It is so critical to learn that skill, forgiveness and apology. If marriages will make it, if forgiveness and apology become the forefront, become the default to the offense, the default to the battle, the default to the strife and the friction that's going to often come up in every single marriage. And so those are my tips. I had a wonderful opportunity the last few weeks to really choose peace, to look through the lens of respect when I felt that Adrian wasn't helping or supporting or doing what I felt like he needed to do. I really just had to turn it over and say, God, you know what? You got him. I don't even have the energy or the capacity or the space to really fight this fight, to fight this battle, because it's it's not going to matter a year from now. It's not going to matter even 30 days from now. And so that is something that was just on my heart to share. And I just pray that it it really spoke to you and spoke to your heart and that you will whatever battle that you choose to fight, 
that you it's that important to you and it's worth it to you to stand firmly on it, but that you communicate it clearly, effectively, and through the lens of respect if you're a wife and through the lens of love if you're a husband. Thank you so much for joining. Love you much. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you are not following us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom, I invite you to join our tribe over on social media on Instagram. If you have not rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so to rate and review us. That would be awesome in helping other women find our podcast. But most importantly, I just thank you so much for continuing to be consistent and listening to our podcast each and every week, sharing this with your sister circle and continuing to just share and and send me love and encouragement and support that this is blessing you, that it's encouraging you, that you truly are benefiting and feel like you're being served through this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much with all my heart and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye-bye. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.